like this, and, and, and Marcia and I have been talking about this for, for a few days, it's really easy to make, uh, not that we want this to happen, but it's, it's real easy for someone to feel ostracized or put on the spot. And, and, and that's not what our intention is this morning. Our intention this morning is to, is to celebrate what God has provided for us. Uh, in the in the in the in the realm of our sexuality, when it comes to male and female, in the in the roles that our gender plays, and and in the in the sexual union of husband and wife, and 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 to celebrate that, but it but a discussion like that has to begin somewhere, and where it needs to begin is is what has been taking place within our culture uh, for for several decades, something that was. Uh, that was um, uh, frowned upon and, and looked down upon and, and, and talked about or, or, or jokes were made about in, in when I was growing up in times past, surely when you were too. But here, with, especially within uh, the last 10 years, especially as our, our nation has, 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 has done certain things such as making um, um, homosexuality, marriage as, as being legal and things of that nature... We, we are seeing this explosion within our nation into an allowance of things that we would never have imagined. And I, and I know that we have people here of various generations, um, but we would never have imagined that our, our nation would be, begin to be delving into. And how the church has responded to that in certain ways and in some ways has been to, to focus on the, the, the negative aspect of that and, and, and preaching or teaching against in, in a loud voice against homosexuality or against sexual immorality and we focus on all of those verses in scripture about where uh, God's word condemns uh, 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 immoral, uh, sexual, sexual immorality. But what about... This is, might be a, a light bulb moment or explosion moment. But what about those parts in Scripture where it celebrates? Where it celebrates our sexuality? When it celebrates the male body, the female body. When it celebrates the sexual union between husband and wife. Where it promotes that and celebrates it. I want to see the church promoting that. I want to see, yes, we need to be standing against what is immoral and what, what God's word says is an abomination to his creation and to his design. But at the same time, let's let our praise of what the Lord has made be even louder than that. Because what he made, God's word says, was good. And I have to say, in a lot of ways, it is good. It's wonderful. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Dad bod and all. It is wonderful. Wonderful. So, so let, let's, let, let's do start with, uh, with the, uh, the confusion. Because uh, I think that, that does form the foundation to why we need to get to the, the, the celebration of what, of what the Lord has made. And the, and the issue, especially uh, within our society um, the past few years, is that we have thrown out... Especially, well, maybe not within uh, uh, medicine or within science or psychology, but we have thrown out and begun to ignore the issue that's known as gender dysphoria. 
and it is something that we that when when you're when you announce or you or you bring up that sort of discussion or that sort of term there is such great negativity now towards those that 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 say that it is that it is a scientific issue that is a psychological issue that is that is known that is that is prescribed that there that, that that people are dealing with this issue called gender dysphoria but for those who are they want to call it natural and we we have to recognize that this isn't something that is biological this is something that has become a a mental confusion that has been brought on by external sources upon upon people and especially in regards to our our younger children and our teenagers who are now living in a in a period of time where in the school system when remember when you used to have to sign off on those cards parents to say that yes my child can take part in the sex education class is going to take take part at school during the next term that that now what they're what they are learning in those classes is that the that what is natural that what should be acceptable has now just been been the floodgates have just been open wide and that there isn't anything that makes sense biologically scientifically whether good common sense looking in the mirror and being able to see whether you uh, whether you 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 know you're a boy or a girl and they want to leave it up for you to decide you make the decision now and our and our children i'm talking preschoolers and kindergarten they're being they're being told that they have that option i was i was watching it just this week it surprised me that this came on as i was as i as i was listening to uh, one station this week of of one news commentator who said that she had to take her that that the that the parents of this one school rose up and and fought against what was being taught their children and the school said that that okay you know we'll bend to the will of the parents but as they were talking to their children about it they said their teachers were still teaching it and she ended up having to take her children out of that school and place them in a school where she could depend upon uh, that uh, what was being taught and that there are things that are being taught our children today that are that are one is outside of God's design but two that have led them into this area of confusion about about who who they are so what is gender dysphoria and the simplest way to define it is that it's when a person is born biologically as male or female but thinks that they ought to be the other for whatever reason perhaps it is because that they have been taught and trained that there that there is an alternative that there is a decision that they can make or maybe it was because of 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 an event that happened in their life that 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 shook them up at their core that began to to, to bring them to start to be confused and to start questioning those things and and, and when we're living in an age where drugs are designed to to begin altering and changing your body to be to be more like the opposite sex or you can go through a surgery to remove parts of yourself and and that is to make you feel as if okay now you are the other side you are the other gender that doesn't change your x or y chromosomes friend that doesn't change 
who you are on the inside. And I know that Marsha has done some, some research and some looking up on that. I just want to give her a few moments to be able to talk about that uh, with you all. Well, um, basically, in, in the readings that I've done, I found what most of us already knew from Scripture, that God created us male and female. But those differences are such that they're not just a superficial thing. They, they extend all the way down into the DNA in every cell of our bodies. There's even our brains. A brain scan can show whether a person is male or female. Your, your bones, an x-ray, can show the difference between a male or female because our bodies were made for different purposes. And we can make changes. We can take drugs, but it, it doesn't change who you are. You just become a disfigured or a changed um, being. You're not, it doesn't change who you are at the cellular level, at, your, at every little part of your being. What do you think is, would, would be the ramifications of that then? I mean, if you, if you are changing your outward physical appearance, but your cellular makeup is still that of a woman or a man, what, what, what would be the type of things that that person would be, be struggling with? Did I do that? It did go off. It's back on happen is that confusion doesn't get cleared up by making these changes it just continues and gets worse because trying to to not if you're unhappy with who you are then there are spiritual things to take care of not physical and that confusion just continues and i think that that is a big part of this is that we disconnect the spiritual from the physical to the point to where we that the confusion does become greater um, you wouldn't believe if you haven't looked at, into this yourself within the last few years since this is really just blown up in such astronomical numbers and the with the advance if you want to call them advancements in science and and in pharmaceuticals and the, to the point to where people can be taking these medicines is that there are, there are people who are now giving testimony there are more and more people today the reason why we didn't have this in the past is because now it has blown up to such astronomical numbers and, and become so widely accepted in our culture but we have more and more people today who are standing up and saying please Lord do not take that medicine Please don't give in to the lie. Please don't. And there are people who, who have taken these medicines after five to ten years, and then they see what their bodies have gone through, how the cellular makeup that, that they are in their inner core, and, and what the, how that is battling and at odds with the outward appearance. And, and, they're, and they're realizing that what they have done is that they have ruined their bodies and the psychological issues that compound upon that is going to be greater than acknowledging on the front end gender dysphoria and seeking counseling help in that so, so for us to recognize that that there are testimonies that are coming out 
today that, that of those who have during the last five or ten years that, have, that, that gave in to this thought and gone through the surgeries, gone through the medicines, and, and what they are living with today is that I encourage you that this is something that you have been struggling with to do that research yourself before you make any, any sort of decision. Now, uh, our biblical precedent here in recognizing and celebrating God's design comes early on. It comes from Genesis 1.27. Genesis 1.27, it said, So God created man in his own image, recognizing that we are made in the image of God. As you look in the mirror, you are made in the image of God. And it says, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Touch the bottom. Maybe that's it. God not only made Adam and Eve in his image, part of being made in that image was being created as gendered sexual beings. We don't exist as androgynous beings. We exist as men or women. And this gendered part of ourselves comes into every every situation we encounter. It's not... Um, an extra thing. It's just, it's part of who we are. That's right. And, and, and your sexuality is not a mistake. Who you are is not a mistake. We are not mistakes. Amen? God made us in his image, and that image is not a mistake. In an in a article for the Gospel Coalition, Andrew Walker writes, he says, God made men and women different. Contrary to mistaken interpretations, sexual difference does not exist on a continuum where some men are more like women or vice versa. Men and women are different at the deepest levels of their being. And so many things, our chromosomes, even in our cells, our brains, our voices are different. We don't sound the same. We're shaped differently. Our bodies are strong at different things. Our reproductive systems are different. The way, even, even the way we metabolize, the way our, our blood works prepares us for different types of tasks. Yeah, and she was talking about our bodies being different. You know, the, the joke about whenever you're the, 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 the father, the husband, the father-to-be, and she's the one carrying the baby, and you're like, I'm glad it's you and not me. Amen, guys? Come on. Men and women are different. It's philosophically impossible for a man to become a woman. It is philosophically impossible, but it is also psychologically impossible. It is physically impossible. No matter how many drugs, when you go to the core of who you are and your DNA, no matter how many drugs or how many surgeries, what we need to get back to recognizing is what scripture declares, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and when I mean fearfully, or when scripture interprets it as fearfully, it means awesome. You are awesomely made. Now, yes, we come in all shapes and sizes, but you are awesomely made because when you compare yourself to the rest of creation... You might stand in awe of that red bird or blue jay or what have you, but you know what? That blue jay was not made in the image of God. You are. We are. 
The differences between men and women can't be overcome simply because one person feels like they ought to be the other. You cannot change your ontology, your being. You can't change that. And Romans 1 tells us exactly what is at the core of this. In Romans 1.25, it says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they began to worship the creation rather than the creator. We have begun to worship ourselves. We've taken our eyes off of God. And I think that's what the main issue is here, is we have found another way, another means to take our eyes off of God's design, to take our eyes off the creator, to take our eyes off the the truth that you are made in the image of God, and we have begun to worship ourselves instead. We're living in a time where parents are leaving it up for their children to decide for themselves now. And the thing is, is that it's not their child's choice. And one of the things that we talked about is that it, you can't decide what gender you're going to be just as you can't decide how tall you're going to be or what was the other thing, uh, what your blood type is. I want to be a negative. You can't choose that. And, and as far as I know, there's nothing that you can do to change that, Amen. You can't change it. If you, if you t- get a blood transfusion of a different blood type, what will happen to you? Makes sense, doesn't it? So science, bi- basic biology, common sense. We might, we might think, but you know our feelings? What does the Bible say about our feelings? The heart is deceptive above all things. We're told to guard our hearts. And to take captive our thoughts for Christ Jesus. And there are times when our world and our culture is going to be teaching a way. And it might seem wrong, seem right to you. Now that makes sense. And, but there's a way that seems right to man. But in the end, it only leads to death. It only leads to confusion. It only leads to separation from God's design. It only leads to pain and to heartbreak. So if science can't change who you are, then we need to recognize what we are. And what are we? We are children of God, made in the image of God. And that's what we need to be teaching our children. That's what we need to be focusing on and getting them to focus and understand on is who they are and what we are, are children of God. You know, Proverbs 3 says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what? Your ununderstanding. And there are times in our lives, whether, and, I'm, and, and these are times when there are circumstances and situations when that, that, that can shake us at our core outside of this topic, that, that can get us to, to shake up our faith, that is a great verse of Scripture that, that we use to remind ourselves. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. If there's one thing that Satan wants to see, is that he wants to see God's creation turn their back on God. And he'll find so many ways to make that happen, and this is one of those. This is one of those that, that, that causes parents to mourn. 
This is one of those that have caused spouses to mourn because of the decision that their spouse has made. I was reading one article this week that of, 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 an, of, of, of a fellow who decided that, that he wanted to become female and, 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 his wi- and he had a wife and children. And, and it took him 10 years to, after taking all this medicine to realize she, they had been divorced. Thankfully, he, he came to terms with his relationship with God and got off of the medications. And he found a, a woman who was sympathetic to him and loved him. And he's been remarried now. But, but the, the heartbreak and the tragedy that, that he brought upon the, the, the original covenant that he made... And to his children and to what he did and disfigured his body by doing. That that is what Satan loves to see. And when the church doesn't celebrate or promote what God has put into order. We need to realize and recognize that our children and our teenagers are are suffering with this confusion unlike any other generation. You may not have. I know that my generation did not. But our children are, are being taught this as part of nature. So how do we, re- how do we reclaim this, Marcia? How do we promote God's design? Well, it's going to start at, with parents. Okay. And we, just like we have to help our kids come to terms with it, if they're not tall enough or, or athletic enough to be what other people want them to be, then this is just another step in that to, to make peace with who you are and who God made you to be. And I believe that in the church we need to applaud the Lord louder and louder about how he has designed us, how he's designed us. And we need to, be, we need to do better at promoting that design within the church. That we need to applaud that, that we need to recognize it, that we need to discuss things like our sexuality, things like sex. Because within, uh, within church, it's one of the least talked about subjects. In fact, I think actually, I think I might be in error. I think that you would rather want me to preach on sex more than tithing. I mean, when it comes down to it, Right. I think when it comes down to it, we would be more excited about a sermon on sex than we would on, on, on giving money. Maybe. maybe, maybe. So Genesis two twenty five says what, Marcia? And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Now you know you have to say, we're in the South. How you say naked in the naked. South? They were <laughs> naked. Yeah, yes. Um, and they were not ashamed. And they were not ashamed. They're, they, they, they walked in the Garden of Eden um, together, and they were not ashamed. And I, and I don't think it's because they didn't know any better. I don't think it's because of that. I believe they weren't ashamed because they had a healthy acceptance of God's design. They understood that, that God had made them, and this is how he made them. But once Satan tempted them with the fruit... The fruit from the tree of knowledge that opened their eyes that there are there there could be other possibilities. Other why does it only have to be God's way? In fact, isn't that what how the, how Satan tempted them? Did God really say that? Well, there you you can have the fruit, and it was when they began to test and to question God's design 
that that is when the confusion uh, swept in, where it crept in, and they began to uh, reject uh, what he had designed. You have any thoughts on that? Well, that, I mean, that's just, that's part of the core of not just this sin issue, but all the sin issues we have, is some of us don't want to be told what to do. And we want to be able to to find whatever pleasure we we find in things that were not designed for that or not designed for that situation. And so a lot of it is just accepting the fact that God gets to make the rules because he made us. And this is how he made us. And and he and in the sexuality, in male and female that he made us, in which he called good, and I I profess it is good, um, that um, when their eyes were, were open to exactly what the possibilities were, God provided for them in the most um, evangelistic, gospel-centered way, and that is he provided a covering for them. They did not make the first coverings themselves. Scripture tells us that God made the coverings for them, that God provided those coverings for them. And I think that that it was one of those preambles to the, the, the center of the gospel and that, that God has ultimately provided for our sin and that he sent a perfect lamb of God that when he died on the cross, when he shed his blood, that as we call on the name of the Lord, that a covering then takes place over us. That we are covered by the blood of Christ just as he covered them in the garden and he provided in grace and in mercy he provided for them something to take their eyes off of themselves so that their eyes could then be on him and i think that that is a beautiful illustration of of what of what the gospel message is is what god has provided for us to take the focus off of ourselves and to put it on him because when it comes to, the, to gender dysphoria, when it comes to questioning yourself, your eyes and your thoughts and everything is on yourself and what you don't like about yourself. But in the church, we promote putting our eyes on who? On God, on Christ, on what he's given us. And what he's given us is great, is, is good. And, and one of the things that we have to be sure that we reclaim, I believe I brought that word up earlier, is that we need to reclaim as, a, as the church, is, is this truth. Is that not only that, that um, God made us in his image, male and female, he made us in his image, but he made us male and female because he was giving us, he was giving us a partner and something that, would, that we can come together in in sexual union, and that sexual union is a gift from God. And, and we need to say that, that sex is good, and that sex is a, a gift from God. And, and, and acknowledge that, and applaud that, and be thankful for that, and tell the world that, that sex is good, because it seems to me, and we're talking not just my generation, the generations before, and I'm talking about some of your generations, is that, is, that, is that sex is naughty. Is that sex is one of those things that you don't talk about. 
And in fact, I probably gave my wife half a dozen heart attacks this week. As I, as I told her, that's what we're going to talk about this week, dear. And those eyes get big. I don't know if I can do that. I said, what, talking about it or doing it? I didn't know which one, so... And so we need to recognize that, uh, I mean, we are on the couch, right? And so we got to recognize, it's, it's, not a, it's not a pull-out couch, so. Okay, I'm sorry. Bless your heart. Why, 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 don't, why don't you read Song of Solomon for me right there? Let's get this started. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. What a beautiful verse, amen? And that's from the Bible, folks. And, and, and that's good. Um, I remember um, uh, one of the, the little tongue-in-cheek things that we had back when we got married is that um, I was going to read from the Song of Solomon. Remember that? At our, at our wedding, right? At our wedding? Yeah. 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 And, and what did you say? Whatever I wanted to, right? Yeah. Yeah, you let, me, you let me say it. It was great. How beautiful and pleasant you are, O loved one, with all your delights. Your stature is like a palm tree, and your breasts are like its clusters. I say I will climb the palm tree and lay hold of its fruit. Oh, may your breasts be like clusters of the vine, and the scent of your breath like apples, and your mouth like the best wine. That's from Song of Solomon chapter 7, folks. You don't have to go to the bookstore and get that book off the shelf to read. You can just open up your Bibles, the, 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 the most sold book of all of history, and, and, and read of what courtship looks like, looks like right there. Uh, Proverbs 5, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. And that's what we need to do, as old as we might get. Or how big and wide we might be, or how gray or wrinkly it all becomes. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. What does Genesis 2.24 say? And therefore a man shall leave his mother and his father and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You know, as I was saying earlier, we tend to focus on the scriptures that, that cling to the sexual immorality side of things. We need to, we need to learn and begin celebrating what scripture has to say especially when it comes to male and female what it what our bodies represent and what it means to come together in in sexual unity and of course always promoting it within the right context promoting it within the holy context we need to make certain that we do that because that is the way that god designed it that is the order in which god God gave it within the right context, within marriage, um, out of a personal responsibility with your spouse. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7 says, because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer... But then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. It's also in the same passage that the Apostle Paul says that it would be better for you to be single. Better for you to be single than to marry. But he says, but because... 
Because we are sexual beings, get married. It would be better for you to be married than to live in sexual immorality. And we were having this discussion yesterday about, and, 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 and it, it was a, a fun discussion, about uh, Paul saying that it would be better for you to be single than to be married. But why? Why would he say that? Paul suggested that because it allows you to have a singular focus and not be distracted by the cares of taking care of a family and the burdens that, that come with that. And then you could focus on? And then you could focus on ministry. And so Paul chose to be single. He yes. chose to be single so that everything that he does could be for the gospel. But then in the same passage, he says, but... Get married. Yeah. Get married because otherwise you'll be tempted to yes. sexual morality. Yes, trying to lead you there. Sorry about that. But when you take it out of context, when we take, we, we, of course, we can, anybody, and, I'm sure, and everyone has, can take things out of context. We can make uh, our sexuality and we can make sex uh, one of those untalked um, about topics in church. And therefore, we start thinking, well, then we must not approve of it. Well, we wouldn't be here if we didn't approve of it, right? And, uh, I mean, we're all a result of mamas and daddies having sex, amen? Okay, just want to make sure. I mean, you know, science has been able to do the, the tube, test tube thing. Um, re read from the meaning of marriage, if you would. Indeed, sex is perhaps the most powerful God-created way to help you give your entire self to another human being. Sex is God's appointed way for two people to reciprocally say to one another, I belong completely, permanently, and exclusively to you. Okay, so I, wanna, I, I like that quote from Tim and Kathy Keller in their book, The Meaning of Marriage, because I, I especially in marital counseling, premarital counseling, um, I talk about sex being, as you come together as husband and wife, that it, it is just like coming together in God through Christ. That there is a devotion that is, that is being made to God through the person of Jesus Christ. I mean, God, Jesus is called what in, in the Gospels? The bride of Christ. He's the bridegroom and the church is? Oh, we're the bride. We're the bride of Christ. Right. And so even the, so, so in the Gospels, it is, it is even in, in Scripture, it, it is even acknowledged that the church is being married to Christ as we come before God. And the same way as husband and wife... We come together. That union is second only to that union, that union with Christ. And I have a, a scriptural precedent for that. Let me see, uh, because we've got uh, we to move forward because of time. And uh, let's see here. This is good stuff, though, right? You want to stay here another hour and a half, don't you? Um, I thought I had the scripture here. Of course, it, it's from Genesis where it says that they will um, leave their father and mother. Genesis 127, leave their father and mother and they will cleave. They will be joined together. And then in, uh, oh, I remember what it was now. I'm sorry, honey. I remember what it was now. It was, and this is, we had a lot lively discussion about this too yesterday. Is that when, when Adam was made, Adam was made in the image of God. And God looked at him and he said that it is not good for man to be alone. And then it, the scripture says that he caused Adam to go into a deep sleep and he took a rib from Adam and he formed woman. And you know where the wo word woman comes from, right? Adam looked at her and he said, whoa, man, 
and that that's where we, we got woman. And so because um, you know Adam spoke English because you know Adam spoke spoke English. That's right. American actually American actually. Yeah. And 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 we begin to realize and to recognize that 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 both of them male and female were both made in the image of God that we acknowledge that we recognize that but God saw that on earth man was going to be incomplete without woman now we've talked about this and we had a lot of lively discussion about this um, yesterday on this uh, because at the same time Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7 you know if you can choose to be if you can choose to not give in to sexual immorality, then stay single and do your work for the Lord. And so we, we recognize that, that some have chosen to be single. Absolutely. And that can be your call and your charge. But there's one thing that, that is acknowledged in Scripture, and that is that male and female belong together. God, God ordained it as his design that way, and he called it good. And he said, let them leave their parents and cling together. Let them come together. And then let not man separate what God has ordained. What, how Jesus finishes that off in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. And so we, we recognize that there is something that is beautiful. There is an exchange between husband and wife that is beautiful and that is part of God's design. And it is something that the church needs to celebrate. And it is, and it is something that we need to promote and we need to applaud the Lord. And we need to do so louder, louder maybe, than ever before in recognizing the beauty of God's creation. Because it, one of the things that we, we, we tend to do is take what God made beautiful and warp it. And warp it. And what we need to do instead is stand and applaud and thank the Lord for the beauty of his creation. Amen. Now, I had said earlier, I have a whole list of other notes here. And we're just going to, I think, really have to uh, continue this discussion on next week. I'm going to have Mike and Caroline up here next week. <laughs> oh, man, let's make other people squirm other than Marcia. Um, but this, this type of discussion, I think, is... Uh, is, is so needed here in this century that we're in because instead of being or sounding hateful, and I hope that we didn't, I hope that we didn't spill, sound like up here that we were pointing fingers, what I want us to do is reclaim the des beautiful design that God put into order, that God put into place. And acknowledge that and celebrate it unlike ever before. And make it our discussion that this is beautiful. Because male, female, husband, wife, second only. That union is second only. And it's just a little taste of what that union with God is like in Christ Jesus. Which is at the height of at the height of it all. So pray with me.